Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 47 of the Coffee Club podcast. This is going to be our biggest episode of all time because we have a couple of boys coming off some big performances at the Commonwealth Games. I don't even know where to start. Actually, no riffraff. We're just going to get straight into it. Obviously, George was in the 5K and he came six, which is amazing. But first off, we're going to talk about Oliver Hoare, the... I don't even know. Did you pick up any new nicknames? Did the Australian media give you any new nicknames for winning gold or anything like that? They they kept like all these uh all these articles are coming out like um at home and it just says a legend is born. That's what I saw. I saw that <laughs> yeah, one. And one of those fucking legion, spectacular. Legion. The legion is born. But one of the great things was uh Bruce Brucey, the commentator for the Australian Seven News sports thing, bit of a ledge. He um one of his comments, particularly when I was like the last hundred, which we'll get into, but the best quote he had was during that commentary, he goes, whore lifting here. Like that was, <laughs> big, that's been like, like spread a lot around, like whore lifting. So he wasn't shying away from the whore. He wasn't shying away bag from 69, but nah, bro. yeah, it's like, it's just crazy. There was so much amazing so, media and we're very happy to okay. share it with all the Americans because as we said in the last time, you wouldn't really hear that much about the Com Games, really, if you're just sitting in America. But I think for these races, because they were so spectacular, if you look at the 1500 meter field, it actually got a bit of hype, which is just awesome to see. It's what it deserved. Um, obviously, yeah, we're just going to go through the race a bit before the race and then all the crazy, crazy aftermath because a massive deal in Australia, what Ollie achieved in winning that race. And so there was massive. a lot of media and stuff. So we'll get into all that. But the race itself was, this must be probably the best field of all time in a Com Games 1500. I don't think that's controversial to say at all. And it'll be one of the best fields this year. Like comparing it to the World Champs final, it's not even that different really, we was it? about that. That's got to be one of just the best 1500s ever, regardless of Commonwealth or not. Like one Wasn't of the deepest like fields. Eight, eight people under 333 or something like that? Yeah. I think, yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure... 12 uh, people under 336? Yeah. 12, well, like the whole 12th field, place was 335 point? The whole field ran under 336. Yeah. So pretty, pretty, pretty good for like a, any race, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a championship now, race. It's, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's not freaking Monaco Diamond League, you know, where they're just set up to run like that. It's a championship race in Birmingham where people are going for medals. So uh, before we get... In the middle of the day, breezy. Yeah. yeah. It was it's a pretty ridiculous. wild race. But... Yeah, Ollie, you want to give us the the big playthrough? I maybe you want to start off with like coming off the heats and stuff because you won your heat pretty commanding. You're in a really good heat again, but obviously um, you won it and you looked really good. So how were you feeling after the heats and all that? It's feeling pretty confident knowing that I actually made the final because <laughs> <laughs> of Wells. Um, that was a, that was the one thing that like I knew physically. Um, I was I'm in great shape and. The mental game was much more tough now because after Worlds and after the disappointment, like you definitely doubt who you are as an athlete, which you shouldn't, because it, I, I, again, like it shouldn't shouldn't deter you from what you've done in your work. But it just happens. Like you can't prevent that mindset from creeping in sometimes. And I definitely felt like the heat that comes was just a good um, 
confidence booster in itself to be like, okay, I qualified for the final. I felt pretty relaxed. I was in control of the race. Like I ran it smart. I didn't do anything um, ridiculous and I didn't make any like mistakes. So um, that for me was like important. So going into the final, I just felt like I'm into a final now. I can just, you know, hopefully uh, compete for medals because like the field is incredible. Um, you have just to name off the attributes like of the guys. You have the Tokyo Olympic uh, silver medalist, bronze medalist. You have the former 2019 world champion, Timmy Chariot. And then you have the current um, world champion, Jake Whiteman, as well as like a few other guys like Sam Tanner, um, some really, really talented boys in that field. So it was going to be like tough regardless. It was just to be treating it like a race championship race and trying to like, you know, improve from what happened two weeks ago. Um, And we really actually, honestly, I had a phone call with Dathan. Dathan's like, it's not going to go fast. Like there's no way the Kenyans are going to do the same thing as what they did at Worlds. Like it's going to probably be pretty chill and you're going to have to take it at some point and just make sure you save your legs for like the last 100 because that's where the race is won. Um, Just make sure that you build it up and, so like the initial race plan was actually to like if it was slow was to take the lead at 500 to go and then just try and squeeze people out of it like what happened at oslo was just to really like if it start when it starts to get fast keep it going fast and knowing that the last hundred like you do have the legs if you're relaxed you're comfortable and confident and you're not wasting energy like getting around people so that was actually the race plan um going into the race and then the final happened and the the intensity of that race was like walking out, like particularly with the crowd. I think it was like thirty one thousand people, and they're all mm-hmm. like, and it was like the particularly for the morning session. It was the last event. It was the race that people, most people, were like wanting to watch. You know, you have the world champion, he's a UK athlete. Um, pretty exciting, you know. Uh, the intensity there was pretty incredible. I definitely felt like it was more of like it definitely felt because like come games, we've definitely talked down a little bit. Like just comparing it to Worlds and to Olympics, it's like pretty, you know, it's not as high as those. Those are the pinnacles of our sport. And it felt, but it felt like it was there now. Like it felt like a pretty pinnacle thing for me in that 15, uh, which was a cool cool aspect of it. And then um, once the race got kicked off, I knew straight away it was going to be fast because I saw um, Chariot and Kip saying like control the front. And I was like, okay, well, this is great for me because I know from um, – Oslo, like I have the fitness to be able to stay relaxed and confident at the front um, and just stay out of trouble and conserve energy. So like that's pretty much what I tried to do. That South African guy was perfect pacemaker Yeah, because he, he just took out the first 400 and then Cheerio and, and Kip Sang took over. Elliot, Elliot Giles <laughs> went out too and like he was like probably running it like an 800 guy and not realizing <laughs> yeah. that he's got an extra. Dude, yeah. I wonder if, if that South African guy hadn't done that, if then the Kenyans would have taken over. Or not. Maybe maybe it did all hinge on the South African runner who, I mean, he ended up still running pretty well, but obviously he wasn't quite on. Yeah. 334 for 11 yeah. and still got a PR. But he took That's it out in, in what must have been a 54 or 55, right? Yeah, it went yeah. out quick and then it came around. Well, the, the one thing that I noticed, because sometimes when they take the lead and they'll slow it down, but they, when I went around, I was feeling really relaxed and actually pretty good. And it went through in 153 or something like that. It, like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to be a really fast race. Um, yeah, I think the and front that's the was same time. I think the I think, yeah. Yeah. I think Worlds went but out at the exact same time. I think my last 300 final. was like a 40.8. Yeah, you were the only person under 41. Yeah. Um, but then what I noticed is when I was running through, I was like, okay, I'm in the inside. 
I'm kind of boxed in. But the nice thing is like Timmy's in front of me. And I know Tim was like alpha blood. Like he wanted to medal. He wanted to win. Um, and then when I went through with a lap to go, I actually didn't panic. I was much more relaxed than the semifinal at Worlds. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can trust my training. I, I know I can close hard. I just got to make sure I find an opening at the right time. So when we got to the back straight, it was pretty windy. Then going around the bend. And I'll never forget this moment for as long as I live. Jake Whiteman comes around the outside, same move that he did at Worlds. When he made that move, the crowd went absolutely nuts. Like the, the level of noise and rumble was nothing that I've like ever experienced. It was insane. He comes around the outside and takes the lead and people are just losing it. So I was like, okay, I got to make a move soon because if Jake gets like the jump on me, like he's got the race. Um, that's what I was thinking initially. Kip saying like kind of is not letting me out. So I'm like, shit, I got to go into lane three with 100 to go. And then I just like ran as hard as I could and I just had the legs. I was like, wow, like I, I can really like close hard here. And then I saw Tim starting to fade a little bit. Like I was like, oh, I'm in second. Like I definitely got second. And then I saw Tim to fade and I was like, nah, I'm going to fucking win it. And then I just like <laughs> ran through the line. And then I, I, the emotions that I have was like, okay, I looked up at the board and I was waiting because my name was there like first and I was waiting for like to drop down or stuff because I didn't know where Jake was. I was like only focused on Tim. And um, I didn't know if I actually had won it yet because it was just kind of just a whirlwind kind of finish. And then I saw my name as number one and I just like dropped to my knees and just uh, a lot of emotion there, particularly because like it's been a hard couple of weeks for me emotionally with like Pop passing away. He was a big like, you know, big influence for my dad and I in the sport, but also like just world champs being the way it was and how disappointed I was and how like upsetting that was for me on how well I've been able to perform this year and not perform at like one of the most important meets. I was really doubting who I was as an athlete, but being able to come through with a win against a field like that just made me realize that like I do belong at that level. Um, because I was thinking like, I was questioning myself, like, am I even like a championship racer or can I just go to diamond leagues and just run and like, and make get top two or top three? Like, can I actually like compete in championship races anymore? And that was like, what it was it was just like confirmation that i can do it and yeah it was very emotional crowd was loving it though i was like sprinting around i just ran 330 and i was like grabbing like adrenaline was kicking in i grabbed the flag and i'm just sprinting down <laughs> i remember just like that. throwing the like just going nuts and people were just loving it and i was able to get photos with fans a lot of aussies out there um the best thing was like scottish people who had like the scottish flag tattooed on them all like getting photos and i was like don't tell jake they're getting photos of me and they're like no nah, no nah, it's cool like they're just like the community there was just amazing. Like they love, you can tell they love track and it was a really exciting event. And uh, particularly in Australia, it was primetime TV in Australia. So it just went bananas everywhere else. Cause like mostly, you know, we're very big in the swimming. We're very big in like the hockey and like a lot of other those um, disciplines in like com games, but we never, we never win like middle distance medals. We're usually like, you know, we really got really good field events and stuff like that, but rarely we, we win medals in that, let alone win. So that was crazy for Australia. So that was really exciting to be able to like show that to the Commonwealth, even though obviously it's not world champs, it's not the Olympics, but it's still pretty good. Like I, <laughs> I, I definitely like was pretty excited about it. So. You honestly, you couldn't have ridden it any better. Like the last few weeks, like yeah. I, as much as Eugene sucked, like people love a fucking redemption story. Yeah. People live for that, yeah. especially in like Australians and how much we realized how much Australia and New Zealand care about the Commonwealth Games. 
as they should. Like yeah. we realized how special it was when we got there. We definitely we, prob- it. we probably underestimated that before yeah, we got so. there. Yeah, and I think we both realized before we raced even that you know there was like a lot of support from from our home countries, which was sick. And even yeah, and after the race, like there, oh no, someone on the commentator was talking about how an Australian hadn't won it since Herb Elliott in 1962 or something. Yeah. Was that 19, 1958 so, in Cardiff, and it was a mile. Wait, really? So it wasn't even a fifteen hundred. Yeah, I thought it was sixty-two. Was it 50? sixty-two? We won the Olympics. Oh. I thought it was fifty-six. So, <laughs> oh, that's one of it. No, no, it's somewhere, <laughs> it's one of it's somewhere around there. A long fucking time ago. Well, let's citrus fact check that. Yeah, citrus, anyway, long fucking time ago, and people still talk about like. You're gonna be like Herb Elliott in sixty years. You know that, right? You know Dude, people are gonna so be talking about this in sixty years. This is the crazy thing with Herb Elliott, though. Herb Elliott won the Commonwealth Games gold medal. He won the fucking. He broke the world record twice. He won the Olympic gold medal, and he retired to go into business at twenty-two years of age. You're not quite there. No, yet. I'm not. Like, Herb no, you can maybe do like a version of that. He's a he's a legend, but like to be able to like put myself next to his name in an event like that is like so special. So I definitely like appreciate that. And like the commentators actually, I, I do give huge amount of respect and credit to um, the seven news team. Like the, the commentators, there were amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The way they covered the, like that was the one thing with commentating. You want people to get involved that kind of like don't know much about track. They're watching it because it's com games. They're not watching it because it's like track and field. The way they were commentating, it was fantastic. Like they just made it like hyped up and talking about tactics and talking about like when they're going to make moves and like, the chess pieces that come into middle distance running it was it was pretty sick so the whirlwind after it though was pretty crazy i think i slept like three hours the past three <laughs> days just like doing a lot of media um breaking a commonwealth games record as well um the actual guy that had the record before from tanzania um oh, i can't remember that was name. that race that ray always shows us between yep. john walker yep. and he was there. I can't remember his name. That was, in, that was in New Zealand, I think. Yeah, he was there and he presented my medal and he also gave me a book and he signed it and everything. It's like, congratulations on breaking my record. He had the world record for like 20 years. That's um, freaking sweet. He was there and he like gave me a big hug and he was like, he's like, I'm, it's, he's like I was been, I've been waiting for this moment. He said like, I've been waiting for someone to break the record <laughs> at my games. So, um, and, and it wasn't just me that broke it. I'm pretty sure one to oh, five, five seven. People. Yeah, one to five maybe or six athletes broke when five under, or six was under i think it was it was 332 something yeah went under the com games record but so. tenor was 331 and yeah in six, six. So yeah it was incredible you also like for perspective like the two guys you chased down in the last 50 meters were like both two defending world champs yeah like it's not like winning some random like dinky race at like neck eggs or well, something well that's what the crazy thing has been with. like it's pretty much Without Jakob and the Spaniards, it was like it's equivalent to the world final. That's why I there's like I a couple like, of people missing. Yeah, I like the way that people have said like, "Oh, it was redemption for Ollie because it." Yeah, there wasn't Jakob, there wasn't the Spanish guys, there wasn't like certain guys in there, but it kind of was redemption because I'm racing like it was Definitely. similar to a world championship kind of style race. So for me, that was redemption because I knew that like I could do it. Um, but yeah, it was. Well, when like three days afterwards, like I had all this media, um, all these people wanted to get photos of me. Morgan, there was a coffee club sign. Um, I love. I went around that. and these I lovely girls that. had a sign. I gave them some stickers, signed the sign for them. So we had some big coffee club fans there, which was awesome. That's um, so good. I got a I got a watch from the 
Long jeans or Long something. Jeans, the, the Josh Kerr sponsored uh, watch. <laughs> I got that, which was pretty. Yeah, are we gonna, are we gonna shout out? Is this Josh, where we? Josh is this where we call out Josh Kerr? No, he um, apparently he had COVID uh, going into comms, so I don't know if that affected him or not in the race. But like, you know, if you have that watch, though, it means you have to train at four thirty. Yeah, I know. I got to train at four thirty in the morning now, which is going to be tough. Oh, actually, no, it'll, it'll be all right because I'm on like European time zone, so I'll be up anyway at that time. But um, no, nah, it was great, like great for the media, like um, particularly for my event and what we do, I guess, in our sport. It's just not very big in New Zealand and Australia, as Morgan probably knows too. Like swimming's pretty massive, but to be able to do that at prime time will hopefully like help people get more invested in athletics. It's in probably general. not as big as no one's won it since the damn fifties. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's the other thing is that now that you've won it and you've had all this media for the last two days people like you're gonna go to wherever the hell it is like in victoria as defending champ in australia i'll go to australia you're gonna be defending champ for the next four years in australia that's epic that's pretty nice that's so good dude imagine the the call out like at the yeah defending champ that's pretty crazy actually i had only you're, you're gonna be the reason like the fucking stadium packs out so let's, no pressure. Let's not, let's not get too far. <laughs> a legend uh, is yeah, born. A legend is the, born. The intensity is like it's been been amazing. The craziest thing was the the drug testing morgues. You'd be so proud of me for my final. Um, after, like I got drug tested in my heat and my final, and my um final, I like did the drug testing like an hour. It's like really quick. That's like, amazing. For me anyway. Yeah. Peter we have to top. we have to title this episode "A Legend Is Born." <laughs> a legend is title. It's actually an amazing title. Like, why would you not? Wait, do you have your do you have your medal there, Ollie? I can go get it while you talk to George. You you have, have to you have, have to, to show it. It's pretty sick. Yeah, wait, think, can, you, can, can you show please? I'll go yeah. get it. We can talk some shit about you while All you go right. get it. Let's just talk about how how while Ollie's gone, we can talk about how he just has a terrible diet still, <laughs> and how he drinks a lot of Mountain Dew. And played so many video games, but he drank so much soda there too. It was like because of the dining halls have like the fridges of just drinks, and there's just like unlimited Coke and Fanta and Sprays. (laughs) It's just crushing like two sodas a day. I think that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it works. We both ate a lot of curry. Probably why it ran so well. Because like Mm. there's food from every region, but the curries are like the best. So we mostly just had curry every night. That's a good way to do curry it. The curry is unbeaten. How many sodas do you drink out of those fridges? Oh, a lot. <laughs> I, I'm going to get the, the mic. Um, I, think, I just realized I I'm, I'm in the freaking dark now, so just apologies yeah, yeah. for that. So I'm in the dark. dark. <laughs> I noticed it is, it a few it minutes is, ago. It is quickly approaching Morgan's bedtime, but oh yeah, show that off, Ollie. All right, it's a show and tell, but also you need commentary for the people listening. All right, so this is it's in a like cardboard box, and it's like got lines on it to like represent the canals because that's what Birmingham's known for. Mm. And then it's the same with the metal. The metal's like pretty heavy, actually. But uh, that's the pretty. See that? so that's the metal. But Does they it say have, Ollie Horan on it or anything? No, nah, it says Commonwealth Sport and Birmingham 2022. So there we go. Gold medal. Um, they actually have like a little explanation. Like they explain, they have the medalists, the people that create the medal, like sign in the box. And uh, they talk about like why they chose, like the inspiration onto why they chose like the design, um, which is pretty sweet. Pretty dope. First medal, gold. Skip the other ones. Skip the shitty bronze and silver. Yeah. 
Fuck it. Gold only, I baby. How, many, uh, how much B-dubs I can buy with this? Uh, actually, probably not much by in America. Selling. <laughs> by selling it. Not in America, but maybe in like Europe or something. Uh, it's probably UK. like a thin gold plating. I think you I have to it take it to... And sterling silver. Uh, it's, it's probably worth if you're much. taking it to a Nando's, you could have got some good chicken for it. Probably if you'd gone to the the local Birmingham Nando's and traded it. Did you eat any Nando's? No, I didn't. I was no pretty disappointed I didn't get any Nando's. This is the box I got from Lon... Longines. Just from Josh Kerr. Just, just say it's from Josh So, like, if you broke the Commonwealth record, you got, like, a watch. Um, your dad, actually, Morgan, messaged me about the watch because I wanted to know if it was any good. But if you can see here, it says Commonwealth Games record breaker, and it's just a nice, fancy watch in there. That's such a cool gift to get for that. Yeah. yeah. That's freaking sweet. And then I have a little certificate and stuff. Um, but that's pretty much... Yeah. It's enough bragging. It's enough, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Keep I, it I going. Keep it going. Stroking, stroking my ego. But um, in general, like for me, I think, and I talked to Ritz about it too, which, and I talked to Jordy a little bit when I got the chance. But the most important thing for me was like just being able to like realize that one race doesn't define who you are as an athlete. I think that was the one thing. Like I just, after Worlds. Unless it's a really, really good race. Yeah. <laughs> After Worlds, I was really... Some games got medalists, baby. Let's go. Yeah. After, After Worlds, I was super disappointed. And, like, being able to have the opportunity and the second chance to bounce back in a similar field and compete the way that I thought I could was, like, very, very special. So um, that will be, like, a very big learning curve for me, like, moving forward. You'll so. let one race define you as long as it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only this one. That's it. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's yeah. a good point for sure. The way you yeah. bounce back when we were watching The Office together after the after the World Champs and we were sad boys, I was like, "This isn't this tough. this isn't good. It's it's tough, but you just got to go through those times and like and obviously you've had such consistent like amazing performance. Um, so you haven't had to be honest many of those down times, but particularly in the last few weeks is when you experienced them right before the race at the toughest time and you came through them and i think i don't want to be all like cliched and corny and shit but that is what defines champions and um i mean it was amazing to see i think this race as george was saying before it was just like the perfect storm pretty much and i think even even just generally i think people for athletics of the com games this was like before it probably the most anticipated race everyone there knew who was competing and in particular you had the home crowd favorites you had like whiteman everyone loves josh whiteman and he was home crowd like jake it whiteman. was perfect josh for him. Whiteman. Josh jake, whiteman. Jake <laughs> 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 say both of them but that was um, pretty good that just covers both of them that's yeah. a coffee club right josh there. whiteman <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, josh I'm whiteman and jake kerr <laughs> yeah. josh whiteman Josh Whiteman and Jake Kerr. <laughs> yeah, the two <laughs> legends. But uh, yeah, so the, the crowd was going to be so invested in that race. And then I think also the way that you won it mattered a bit as well because yeah. anyone watching that, it's spectacular. Like that's going to go in montages of like amazing race victories. Just that that finish was amazing. I mean, you're literally running down Timothy Chariot, you know, one of the best in the world and he's been the best in the world for a while now and he's so good and you're running him down in the final stretch and 
it was so amazing. Then, yeah, I think anyone also watching your outburst of emotions after it is going to be pretty, pretty effect impacted by it because obviously I know you pretty well. So watching that was pretty crazy for me. But in terms of like making me feel something, you know, yeah, I, I, don't, to sound. I don't usually get emotional after races. So that was that was <laughs> it was good to see. Actually. Yeah, I, I was I was crying. My mom and dad exactly. Were crying. Yeah, yeah. So it was you, not, you feel you something. Not be. Exactly. <laughs> It was hard not to hide it. I just couldn't. I just, I just let it go. And it I was, was so, about, like, so special. It, so. It's yeah. so special. Yeah. And that's what I saw a lot of people on the social media from Australia. They also felt that emotion. Like you didn't need to know your story really to to feel the raw emotion that you were showing at that moment. And and then to give credit to all the Australian media, like you have already, then they did a great job at at really, you know, filling in the story, given the context for why that was so amazing and yeah the australian commentators actually knew a lot about athletics and then the i read the front page of the article that your dad posted and it's it's weird because we know you so well and so it's just you know we live every day with you uh but then you see your story written out in yeah. newspaper form and you're like holy shit like that's fucking amazing and like we we take it for granted probably you know because we're around you with this excellence every day, but then you see it, uh, you see, like you mentioned with like your pop and bringing your father and you into athletics and just, it's, I mean, and that was in the Cronulla paper. So it's like, you're probably the biggest celebrity in Cronulla since, I don't know, you can go hang out with the football play, the, the sharks. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. You must be, with the sharks. you're going to have yeah. to have like a homecoming. You're going to have a parade in Cronulla, man. Like that's going to be, <laughs> Dude, that they love that. They love that. That's gonna be so sick. But uh, yes, you had you had to push your flight back because originally you were gonna fly back to Boda the next day. So what? The next day you had full media stuff. What was that like? Was that just the most? Imagine you didn't sleep much after the race, so you were probably pretty tired. But just running on adrenaline was that just like crazy? Just going like from doing all this like different shit with like all the Australian news people and stuff. What was that like? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like I, I went and spoke to multiple sections of Seven News. My parents actually got put on to Seven News as well. Like people like drove, like went to our driveway and uh, got chalk, and they like con- like wrote congratulations, Ollie, like on the the driveway. They put flags up and everything. My parent, yeah, my parents went on the news, and then uh, I was on multiple news sources. I went on like they called the Brummy, which was like. They had this seven news set up right in the Times Square where like everyone's like kind of congregated to watch some of the games. They have like these big uh, screens to see like where, you know, you could watch it and stuff. And um, yeah, I was on that and I was just like with like legends of like media in general, like people you used to watch grow up on the TV and meeting them and like they were shaking my hand saying like, this is like an experience where I've never met you, but you made me cry. Kind of like they were telling me that sort of stuff. And it was just, it was very sweet, but they... If they genuinely like loved being able to cover sport in general, like they're very excited about Peter Ball, his 800 coming up and like the swimming and the hockey and the netball, like they just love what they do. So it was nice to actually see that side of it because sometimes you don't know, like a journalist, like they really, this is this a job for them or do they really like love it and they're passionate about it? And particularly the people that I saw when I was able to do the interviews at seven, loved what they did and they were very excited to learn more and Bruce, who did the uh, commentary, he like gave me through like a history lesson of Herb Elliott, and like he actually put me, which is very very mod- like very very high of him, but he put me in like one of the for him one of the greatest performances he's ever commentated because he's like going back and what he, and what he's commentated, and um, that was very very sweet of him. But 
Yeah, the media was nuts. I like went on a hundred radio shows. Um, I actually went down when I was watching Joy's race. Like I did a lot of media during the day. I was going back and forth from the stadium, getting photos done and stuff. Um, wasn't eating properly. Like I just wasn't stopping to eat, or like I was just pretty much running off caffeine. But I was able to. I came back from Jordy's races because I had my medal presentation, um, which was cool. Because like I haven't heard the Australian national anthem for a very long time, so being able to stand up there and listen to it, and people like all stood up as well. That was cool. Um, Dude, even back, that was super emotional. I saw a video of it, and you were crying, and then I started crying. Well, I was. I was. I wasn't. I have te- I tearing, up. Eyes. tearing up. <laughs> tearing up. No, there was something in my eye, but no, it was very, um, very yeah, very special moment because like. Particularly in that event, you know, the last time the national anthem was played for that event in a major championships like that was 1958. So, um, pretty pretty cool and special moment. Um, but yeah, I went back because I was obviously when you've done something like that and people see you, they want to get photos and stuff like that. I actually went into uh, the line because I wanted to get a beer to watch Geordie's race. I was going to get a Peroni, and uh, these girls recognized me and they're like, "Hey, hey, I don't want to be that person, but can we get photos with you?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then um, I was getting photos near the counter, and then I asked the lady on the counter, "I was like, could I get this beer for free?" Because I had the medal around my neck, <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, sorry, I can't do that." And I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> I thought my medal would get free. It did not, but I got a beer. Went up with Ritz and uh, his kids. Um, they were emotional the entire week. They were they were running off emotion just from like everything going on. Um, but yeah, being able to watch Geordie's race in the stadium, the stadium was packed. It was just like the emotion behind track around that time was just, yeah, I haven't really experienced anything like that because I imagine Tokyo would have been something similar if COVID didn't exist, but they just did an amazing job. The Brits just, like they loved their athletics and they just did such a good job hosting and people getting involved. It was, uh, it was very special. So really, it really soaked it in. Yeah. I think, I think now it's probably a good segue into George's race. Um, taking a slight Sorry. step back with you, George. How are you feeling in the days leading up to this one? Because obviously, you know, for you, you were coming off feeling a little bit flat at World Champs. So then it's like, shit, let's get the body feeling good for Com Games. So after flying over to to England and all that, did you start feeling pretty good or, or how was that going? <sighs> I don't remember. Were we feeling good when we were running? You keep telling me your legs were tired from walking my, so much. My, my legs were tired from yeah, <laughs> the Australian like dorms. Was it right at the top of the hill? So every time we'd meet up, run or eat, all we'd have to walk up and down this hill. It's like fucking like 10, 15 minute walk. It was atrocious. But like, and I, I didn't think, have to walk at all. I think you felt you felt solid. I think, I think we were fine. we were feeling fine, but the, we were just getting used to like. I did one little workout. Yeah. In lane four, you seemed you said you felt all right in that workout. I think it was all right. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was honestly just nice because it was not hot. <laughs> no. Like the main, like the weather wasn't crazy. Boulder and Eugene were both like it's been like high thirties, like hundred degrees, nineties, hundred, and it was just like low twenties or like seventy degrees every day. Yeah. in Birmingham, it was yeah. pretty freaking nice. Yeah, I feel pretty good <laughs> after that heat. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good, and then just watching Ollie cruise through the heats was a nice reminder that you can still run well two weeks after something pretty be- below par, subpar. You can as, bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pretty confident that there was, you know, there was still going to be something there. And I wasn't, I mean, shit, no, I wasn't confident. I'll be honest. Like mm. probably both of us, confidence was at, as it, as it was lowest, pretty low. <laughs> I think for both of us describing it, it was the lowest it had been probably all season because we both came off like, 
disappointing mm-hmm. runs for us personally. So like, it was nice to be able to have it together because we're kind of sharing that disappointment, but being able to be like, we got another opportunity here to like hopefully improve, whether we improve like, you know, how we race or like our mindset going in. That was kind of the plan. Yeah, I think I think what was nice is that I felt like I took like kind of a, a bit of a mid-season reset after Eugene. Like I just spent a few days in Eugene, like mountain biking and doing other non-running shit and hanging out with my family. And even when we got back here, um, mom and dad came to visit and like I was just going up into the mountains hiking and like going out and having some beers and some wines and and not really thinking about running that much and that was kind of a nice like transition into the kind of end of the season and just like not not dwelling on on Eugene and 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 not overthinking it um so that that helped I think kind of refreshed a little bit um and yeah at the end of that it's just running so and didn't have a heat so straight final that was nice <clears throat> and it was beautiful nice conditions yeah it was windy like every day like ollie was saying for his but it was like 60 degrees probably and at night so it was beautiful and yeah i mean i i should have come forth i think that's probably a no-brainer yeah for, from watching it and being in it but like we said um confidence is pretty low so it's hard to commit in those last few laps when when the last couple of races is kind of where like those are the laps where I felt like I was going to pass out in Eugene and like not be able to finish the race and and that was a nice feeling in Birmingham getting to like it, it wasn't fast but um, it was like back and forth though right like the pace like it yeah. Like watching it from like it was like moving around a lot so like you were doing a pretty good job of just like staying in contention but not do- doing too much movement definitely yeah. we, we knew it wasn't going to be super slow there's like three kenyans and Caplimo that had prs 25 seconds faster than the rest of the field like they have to be pretty dumb to make it slow <laughs> like they may as well make it honest because it pretty much writes off the rest of the field um, which they it seemed like they were trying to they couldn't decide like who was going to do it during the race. They'd like get up next to each other and be like, "All right, someone, someone make this someone, fast. Someone keep going with it." So they kind of did. Like I think we were like eight minutes at three k, or I was like eight or three, eight or four. Yeah, it was around eight minutes, and that actually felt really comfortable, which was nice. Like that's a nice that's change. That's a great from, feeling. Like by the time we got to three k in Eugene, it like I feel like I was like getting blurry eyed at the clock by that point. Cause I was like, so lightheaded and drained that I didn't even know what we ran. It was way slower than that though. Probably like eight fifteen or something. And like, I was starting to feel like I was going to pass out. So getting that like eight O's and it was like, wow, this is like, feels pretty slow. That was like, that was a nice feeling and a nice reminder that I'm not actually a 1340 runner like in Eugene, which is what I felt like. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone was going to, like those twelve forty guys that ran away with it at the end, like you have to be pretty, pretty world class to to end up with a medal there. Mm. Um, yeah, but they, definitely should have come forth. Had a lot left at the end. You were disc. I think like noticing as a spectator, you were disconnected at a certain point where it was like, if you were able to hang on for a little bit longer, I think you would have got 
a sec, like you just smelled it, like, oh yeah, I can get these guys because you're coming home so rapidly, but they just had too much distance on you to like get all of them. Yeah. You got most of them except for like two of the guys that you should have gotten, yeah. in my opinion. If you were just a little bit, if there was like another person there to connect, keep you connected, I think it would have been like a different race and you probably would have gotten fourth. But like in general, comparing it to Eugene, like it's an improvement because you felt much more comfortable at 3K. You were able to close hard. So like- Definitely. Yeah, it definitely helps when you're like, okay, like I can reassess. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those ones where I got to the last 300 and I was like, wow, this is actually, this is, this is almost over. Like I'm, I'm not even very tired. <laughs> like what am I doing? Better get going. But I just haven't had that feeling in a while because of how- average the last couple have gone so that was nice um yeah it wasn't nothing special nothing groundbreaking um but but a positive move forward runs on the board yeah so <laughs> yeah and and nice that 13 20 felt you know pretty comfortable yeah no that's a great takeaway i mean if you can feel yeah. good doing that then yeah you can know you can go in then run a bit quicker when it doesn't feel quite as comfortable again get back into into that zone back in the pain cave but yeah running actually like real quick so that's that's a really nice just have that confidence again yeah so yeah absolutely yeah and yeah it was nice after like again watching ollie in the morning before my race and knowing that you know we were he's still fit and that that wasn't actually the issue in Eugene. Obviously, we knew that wasn't the issue, but just like a reminder that that you can still come back from that kind of thing. And I think that was what was what was nice for Ollie too is that we knew that you know we all thought he was good enough to meddle in Eugene, but you don't actually you don't know until you actually do it, and then you end up not doing that and you're like oh maybe i wasn't actually good yeah. enough to me maybe, maybe i'm just shit <laughs> <laughs> and then you go when the next one in 330 you're like all right actually i was good enough to meddle yeah at worlds it was just yeah it's just a validation of like okay even like, if it doesn't happen you know you know yeah but so uh, we both made some steps forward i made yeah. a small step ollie made it <laughs> giantly <laughs> so the one thing I do want to talk about, and I know this might annoy some American viewers, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't, is the comparison of Birmingham and Eugene, world champs, Com games. I think we need to talk about it because we've been able to experience both. And I don't think the energy or like the ambience of Eugene was was bad at all, but you just can't compare it to Birmingham. Like Birmingham was incredible. Like particularly the crowds and their engagement with the athlete, like every athlete too. They engaged with everyone. They were very... There was apparently like fifteen to twenty thousand people still in the stands watching the the walking, and all the events for the HEP and the decathlon. They were clapping. They were involved. They were doing the wave. Like it was pretty incredible what they were able to like just have that kind of ambience for the athletes. Um, Did you hear the crowd when the guy in my race finished the last couple of waves? Like the Fijian guy? Yeah, Solomon Solomon Islands. Solomon, Solomon Islands. Yeah. yeah. So this guy is in seventeen minutes or something, but like. They, they just went off they the went stadium off was so loud the whole stadium was yeah. on their feet they did. for this guy running like 17 minutes worked hard Damn. looks really That's hard. awesome they did an incredible job and eugene just didn't have that and they just loved chair. cheering you, apparently mom and dad said you couldn't even hear the stadium announcer, announcer. you couldn't hear jeff <laughs> it was just wow. that loud yeah you just I, I, it was unbelievable they just did such a great job and like 
I definitely feel like you just can't compare that to you. Like Eugene's world champs. It should be like the top, right? It should be like the most hype, the most engagement. But it's just what you couldn't compare it to Birmingham. Birmingham was just so much better. And people are like, well, why Why is that the case? Well, I'm looking at it now. Like I realized that Birmingham is the second largest city. Well, we're going through it with George. Birmingham is the second largest city in the UK. So like you're going to be able to get a lot of access there. It's easier for accommodation, easier to get in. The, the tickets were pretty cheap. I think Dathan had nine sessions for 160 pounds i'm pretty sure one ticket at like you see a couple of days they got in the kids got in for like eight quid eight eight bucks or eight quid sorry <laughs> but like i'm pretty sure like that 160 pounds for the entire time he was there would cost like maybe one morning session at eugene so that's probably a factor to it as well as just access into the it's just a lot easier to get there to the stadium and um just yeah i, th- I think that's the one thing that like worlds needs is it needs to be in a big city because if you want to have all these people come in um, and just like random people not yes eugene you end up with mostly just track mostly track people that like love it and like will be there for every session which is fantastic but i guess you always need some of them yeah but you also need like your joe average people you want your driver's people to just think oh yeah night of sport i don't even know what's happening but and i think com games kind of provided that because it's like commonwealth games having everything going on people know it's on they're like, oh, let's go to the athletics. Um, probably help with that too. So like, I don't know if like World Champs is going to be in Budapest, right? In 23. So that's a pretty big city. I feel like there's going to be pretty good engagement there. Hopefully pretty cheap. Yeah. And I feel like... Hungary is cheap, I think. I feel like World Athletics could look at Birmingham and this is like a really huge success. I thought Birmingham was a massive success for athletics and pretty much most sports. They could probably look at that and say like, what could we do to help that success rate at World Athletics? Because like... If you have running royalty like Sydney McLaughlin breaking world records and like all these amazing runners coming in like Jakob and stuff, surely you're going to be able to get like a massive crowd for them, you know? Like it, it is possible. You just have to, I guess, have the right elements to be able to make it assess- like accessible. Yeah. That's, that's America's, right. America's really weird for that because, I mean, obviously we know why it was in Eugene. Like Eugene is, has the history and it's yeah. got the big Nike money. So that's why it was there. But you're totally right that it doesn't actually make sense if you're talking about getting in uh, the general population, the normal people. And they, it seems like they didn't even really try because one thing that I didn't think about that some athletes here said to me is they were surprised that America didn't just put on more of a show just generally. Because if you're from somewhere else and you think about America, you think big, you think like a lot of money, you think crazy stuff. And that just wasn't there at Eugene. They had the flyovers of the planes, the jet planes has happened some of the nights. But apart from that, it was just like not much. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was just point, like, it was just it was a track meet. Someone dream. said that at Birmingham, they had like way more just like normal sports game, like stuff happening in the stadium, like fireworks and like yeah. someone had Hyping up the crowd all the time and yeah. getting like chance going. If, I don't know, just yeah, random yeah. stadium stuff to get. They were able to like, like get the, the res, like the events back to back in like an appropriate time too. Like it wasn't too much wait between each event, um, which I thought was good too. I thought they were able to get that. There was no yeah. gap. There was no waiting. Like people just went okay next and then next and and yeah, if there was anything in between, they'd have something engaging with the crowd, which I thought was great. And that's probably something they'll probably try and implement at Worlds in Budapest. Yeah. Yeah, Budapest will yeah. be interesting. I really don't know much about Hungary, except that I'm one quarter Hungarian. Shout out to Hungary. I'm hopefully I make that world champs, and I'm coming. Do you, home do you have a passport for it? Home crowd. For <laughs> it. 
<laughs> I wish I wish I did. I gotta learn my Hungarian first. But but yeah, um, Com Games is is just so different to Wales because people actually know that it exists in the countries that it does exist. Whereas people no country know that World Champs exists. If you think about it, like people in America yeah, didn't know that World Champs was happening. The, I couldn't believe the messages I got at Worlds compared to Com Games, like. For all of us athletes, like we obviously know that Worlds is a bigger deal. 100%. Such but a big I got disconnect. Like, you know, one or two texts or something from home. Like no one, world champ, world, no, never heard of that. Oh, you're running Com Games? Oh, sick. <laughs> like everyone's texting me from home. Like, everyone's watching. You get like a million messages. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to tell them that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them that the big meet was actually two weeks ago. I'm going to just go <laughs> along with it. Like, and dude they're just stoked that you're there they're stoked that you're representing so the country they're they don't even care because uh, when i raced the the com games i was injured and i raced pretty average and no one really gave a fuck like obviously if i had meddled that would have been amazing and that would have been something totally different but people there just acknowledged the fact that you made it to there which you know, at yeah. World Champs, people obviously know it's a big deal, but it's not the same. People, yeah, Com Games is so much more so, pride in representing your country. I, I would say at least compared to World Champs, you know, it's just just so much like, more, more history there. I felt way more part of the New Zealand team mm. at Com Games. Like I felt like a New Zealander again. Yeah. Like, with the, good, yeah. like the ceremony to like get welcomed into the village and um, the hucker and... Um, it's pretty sick. Yeah, I felt like it was like a good reminder. Like, Shit, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. New Zealand, forgot about that. That's what the Olympics <laughs> would, like does well too in like comms is like the village with all these different events and different sports. You like appreciate each other and like their attributes and like what they've done to get there, which is great. Whereas World Champs, like it's kind of much more low key because you just know everyone pretty intimately and like it's much, yeah, it's much more chill. There's not like a village really. You're just in a hotel or a, well, in this case for Eugene, a dorm, but. I feel like, yeah, the village stuff and, like, that aspect of it, I thought it was really good. I thought it was, like, cool to be a part of that community because, like, we're obviously living in the States, so it's nice to be able to go and enjoy, you know, your nation's kind of, I don't know, just being a bit yeah. proud of your nation. Yeah, that was, nice. that was the other thing that I wanted to bring up is that why this is so huge for you in particular, Ollie, is because one thing that we've noted in the past, I don't know if we've directly talked about it on the podcast, but Australia sports has kind of ignored ollie in terms of how amazing he is Com- because you have people that are based in australia like Stuart mcswain and peter ball and obviously like they're absolutely amazing athletes and they deserve yeah. the praise and the attention but then we've had you've had ollie over in america and uh, racing on a very similar level to them for a couple of years now to be honest and you just don't get the attention and so I think for you, like, this is going to be so huge because now I'm sure like every time you go back to race or whatever, it's going to be like, I think once you've made it at that level, then like you're there for the rest of your career and the Australian public is going to, you know, they they just know your name. They So they're just yeah, going to keep talking about you, you. you know? I keep ignoring me, yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, that's the plan. That's good then. I can, I can took be... A, took a Com Games gold, but but we got there it took a Com- got there in the end it took a commonwealth commonwealth games gold medal and uh you know 64 years later been able to do it so yeah but yeah it was uh so what happened for the rest of the night after george's race you guys go to the uh some some after party or get get wild i think i went 
Oh yeah, I went out with Rowan, high school. Uh, Bud just Ollie, like, Ollie got rid of some brain cells. I yeah, I got rid of some belt brain cells. Did I, you bring I your just, medal? I had two nights. I had well, the thing is, I had two nights to have like a decent fun time because Jordy left the next day and I pushed my flight back. So I was like, oh, okay, I can have like another nice night because like a lot of the rest of the athletics team was finishing, and it was pretty funny because we were like okay we got to wear casual gear we don't want people to know that we're australian and like we'll keep it on the down low so when after like pete um medaled he got second in the 800 um we're like okay let's just like let's go out let's get changed and then we'll go out and have a good time so we got grabbed a few um few beers just hanging out and we went to this this bar where everyone else is going to be like most of the sprinting team and stuff and we went there and the whole new zealand team in their new zealand kit were just there absolutely shit-faced dancing to all this music, not giving a fuck. Like they were just loving it. And they're like all the Aussies and then it's just Aussies and New Zealanders in this one bar. It's going nuts. And it was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, they were playing some pretty good bangers too. They played um, 303. That You know that band 303? Yeah. Uh, what's that song? Um, like it's like Black Dress. Don't touch me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they played that song and me and Curtis Marshall and Rome were just like having whiskeys and just jumping around with the crowd. It was like – Really, Wait, Ollie, do you, so, you know why? I don't know if maybe you, George, do you guys know why they're called 303? Oh, but they're from Boulder, aren't they? Yeah, that's the area code for Boulder. They're code, from right? Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that pretty wild. Yeah. That is pretty dope. Well, there you go. Like I was celebrating uh, with the Australians and New Zealanders, but then there was a Colorado band playing in the background. Pretty good. Uh, full circle there. How about that? How about that? But, but, so you, but you didn't wear your medal or you did? He was incognito. No, I was incognito. I didn't bring my medal. I, I, I had my medal, like after the presentation, I went to like to grab a, a beer and I thought I might be able to get a freebie at the stadium, but it didn't yeah. happen. And then I was like, oh, well, I don't want to lose my medal if I lose brain cells. That's <laughs> the only thing I want to lose is my brain cells, not my medal. So I just left it at the uh, at the place. Yeah. And because um, I think Pete left his there as well. But yeah, it was just really fun to be able to celebrate with those guys. Like, because you just don't get to do that particularly after COVID, it hasn't been like much time to like just go out and like have a good time and enjoy each other's company and celebrate Commonwealth Games. And we got to do that. So it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Can I ask you guys this kind of random live update? Is the 3K happening right now on the TV at Monaco? Yeah, we, we keep looking at it, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Six minutes in. I can't, it, so. it looks like Aragawa is in the lead right now. T- Tanner looked great at the front. Tanner did look fantastic. fantastic pacemaking by recent 331. 331 guy that got six. <laughs> just became second fastest New Zealander of all time. Really? Yeah. That's just, just past John Walker. So shout out Tanner. Oh, just legendary. He made it look like a mile and... A little bit, like eighteen hundred. Yeah. Think you mean? Yeah. We're giving, going. So the Monaco Diamond League is happening right now for anyone who's watching. And Sage yeah. just ran one fifty seven. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah I saw that. Second. We were trying not to react to it because I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, it's pretty damn." One fifty. She was second, right? One fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Grant's in fourth now. Yeah, dude. I, the He's results moving. are coming up on my TV. Grant just ran. Oh, uh, I, hey, hey, I can't hey, spoil, hey, it. I'm not spoiling hey, it. I'm not spoiling it. Not. We're watching it right now. Don't fight. You're trying to spoil it. I didn't spoil it. That's going to run something messed up. I can't. What's Wiz Clicks mix? I, I can't uh, see. They're just showing Aragawi. Oh, he's about to get past though. Aragawi looks like he's tiring. We got yeah. that on, dude. Where is uh, he? They just ran 728. He's in like, he wasn't like third. Oh, Grant. Good old Dominic. So Did you see what the pacing was for this race? They, yeah, they it was were pa- 339 through 1500. <laughs> <laughs> this is the craziest pacing I've ever seen. 727 for Grant? Oh, I think that was the on, dude. 728. 728. 728. That's fucking cool. That's an American record. Really? 
Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Damn, you're live, right. It was seven twenty nine, right? From Leggett? Yeah. Wait, what did Joe yeah. run? Uh Joe must have died a little bit. He was back at seven thirty nine. Looked like right behind Woody. And yeah. then uh, Woody then Joe. What, what about Shuey McSwain? Wait, was Stewie he? It was seven forty three. But he's coming off he's being sick as well, forward. isn't he? Really? Yeah. He couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't get out of bed. But, he was really sick. So but not COVID. I was impressed he actually turned up to the line. <laughs> that would have been... Yeah. Wow, that what was place cool. was Clicks Nings? Did he get points? He was in ninth place. So it's top eight. Oh, he's he's top eight. Top eight points. Top that eight sucks. gets points. He must have... Uh, Wait, no. Yeah. It seems like he gets points for some reason. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. Maybe Wait, I might be reading this wrong. Yeah, that, that's probably that's tough going out on that kind of pace. Yeah, we'll have that to see what he's going yes. through so quick. Um, but yeah, I feel like we can kind of start to wrap this up now. It's it's like well past yeah. my bedtime. Actually, I haven't even had dinner yet. I need to go have dinner. Um, well, you go have dinner. We'll let you go have dinner. But yeah, but, um, any update for for morgues for the fans? What how's yeah, training going? And everything. Dude, I've been I've been feeling pretty shit, but I think in like a good way, like a good training camp shit where like you feel shit for like two weeks and then you start feeling really good and you go race well so i've had a couple of sessions um down in italy down at kivana which has been absolutely lovely still just hanging out here in st moritz waiting waiting for the rest of the team and the boys to join me so it's been good best place in the world to train so no complaints here uh ollie how has been reunited with gus Dude, do you want to hear something funny? Just a gust update, update for everyone. I get home at like two thirty in the morning. I had a pretty terrible flight situation on the way back because I couldn't get much else without paying like nine thousand dollars to change a flight. Um, but I got back in, and Gus is like, "Yay, Dad's home!" Like a little bit, and then I went downstairs. He went downstairs with me. I'm thinking, "Oh, he's gonna cuddle up in bed with me." Same old, same old. He went and slept under the table, ignored me, slept there, and then this morning, I I got up to him and he's like, "Oh, good morning, buddy," and then he just ignored me again, walked straight to the door, and was waiting for me to let him out, just giving me the cold shoulder, like straight he's up. Like, Gus oh, has morals. He's just pissed me the off. Cold shoulder. Yeah, he's That's not crazy. happy with me, so I gotta earn back his love, apparently. You gotta, so. Did you put the god medal around his neck yet? That might do it the trick. Maybe that might do it, yeah. He might shorn it. Yeah. I should do the trick. Actually, yeah, his his uh, wrists are fat enough, he could probably fit the uh, the longies watch. So put the watch the on, his, on his wrist. Yeah. The longies watch. So but um, yeah, yeah, well I hope. But that's he, it, yeah. Hope... That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the update. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah, as I episode said, 47. I'm heading to dinner. That's episode 47 for the boys. Great oh. job, guys. Com Games champion. A legend is born. Yada yada yada. We'll uh, see, we'll see you guys Seven, next week. Thanks for listening. And, uh, shout out to Coffee Club. They're gaining like a couple of followers from Coms. I think oh wait, the, uh, wait. Final eager. question that I want to ask you, Ollie. What? How did your Instagram stats go based on winning Com Games? Not as good as I thought, honestly. <laughs> Really? I thought I think I was at twenty. I think I gained like maybe three thousand followers. What? But that I, shocks me. Yeah, I thought. I thought you were gonna, gonna. Yeah, I, I thought, thought you'd be at like sixty k right now. That's what I thought would happen, but yeah, mm-hmm. only twenty. I think I had twenty five k. It's pretty still pretty good. All right, but gonna win the gonna win you know, the Olympics, no, I guess. No, uh, young brothers. It's not. Yeah, it's no Rowan Browning because I think Rowan like got sixty k followers in like a space day, of like Tokyo, a day right? after Tokyo winning the final. So. Damn. But maybe it's just a gradual build for Ollie, or maybe people just realize that if they want to follow me, they follow me on Coffee Club. <laughs> so well, there we go. Shout out to that. All right. Shout well, out to thanks, boys. All right. Cheers. Have a good dinner.
Night, Morgan. Thank you. Night, Morgan. See you guys.